0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and once again, I am joined by my friend Jose Lopez of GetRopa.com. What's up, Jose?
1: Hey, how's it going, Patrick? Good to be with you.
0: I am super glad to have you on here because I and Vubang and Aram have talked on this podcast a lot about Ben Simmons. And, you know, we're practical about it, but we don't really want Ben Simmons. We're tired of hearing about Ben Simmons, but, and and I've said, I, I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons anymore, but here we are talking about Ben Simmons because you are the one person I know who is totally pro Ben Simmons. So I want you to convince me, <laughs> state the case for ben simmons especially with all the ben simmons churn and drama constantly going now he's saying he won't even report now doc rivers is saying that we want him back he's trying to do damage control it's really stupid it's really funny that they got to this point but yeah man uh ben simmons is your guy pitch him
1: yeah, uh so so definitely excited to to talk about this. I'll say that this is a very common occurrence for me with uh a lot of my basketball head friends. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of the 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 Simmons stand, you know, in, in various group texts and in, in just circles of friends. Uh so this is you know the the life that I've kind of chosen and and so I'm I'm in this position to to defend my man my man Ben uh you know frequently but i think in my mind this is just one of those those areas where i kind of don't get how people don't see it you know i i don't get it it's it, in my mind you know all nba 13 just a couple years ago the guy's 25 years old uh you know number 1 draft pick just if you look at him he he's got so many tools uh, obviously you can't shoot for for crap, right? So that's that's the the big
0: except in the summertime.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those gym, you know the 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 gym shots against you know guys whose highest level of, of basketball uh, competitively was eighth grade. That, those yeah. those are all going in. C Y O
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and and it, it's funny, right? Because you'll see those jump shots, and we're so used to the Steph Curry. Uh, viral videos of him shooting like five minutes straight and i missing a shot or even like uh, Clay Thompson running the baseline and, and hitting like 30 seconds worth of shots or a minute worth of shots. Oh, yeah. But then you'll get Ben Simmons like, Hey man, he made two shots. <laughs> <He> made
1: <one>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I mean, it's just, you know, there's, so there's very clear weaknesses to his game. Uh, obviously uh, you know, for some reason, I don't understand what happened in in this playoffs with the free throw shooting uh that was clearly and then there's what what's strange about this conversation too is that there's clearly now this mental slash emotional element to it where um you know whether it was you know the crowd kind of getting to him in in Philly, uh you know his dynamic with with other teammates. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard, you know, anything crazy from like the, the, the Jimmy Butler side, at least not in the same way that, you know, when, when he left Minnesota, he was clearly very down on, on cat and, and Wiggins just in terms of their kind of, you know, uh, I, the tiger kind of factor. Right. Um, and so I don't know if, if there, there's anything about that from someone like Jimmy Butler, but I would, you know, trust his opinion on that. Uh, but, but, you know, just generally speaking, things that you saw kind of seemed like, like Embiid was kind of thrown shade at him a little bit, uh, in, in a way after, after that playoff loss. And clearly, I mean, it's, it's funny. We, we brought up in the last episode, uh, that we did the, the group thread that, that we're on where, where you and I, you know, met telephonically at least and, Mm -hmm. uh, and I had sent this clip from a local Philly news station where, you know, they, 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 they posted on the news, on the local news, Hey, live footage of, you know, Ben Simmons leaving Philly and it's like a, a burning trash can, like floating down like in, like the flooding right. street or something. And it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, it, it's just brutal, man. So, so, you know, and obviously Philly <laughs> fans are famously, uh, almost laughably uh, kind of mean-spirited to their players when they don't perform. And, you know, I don't know what happened on that, you know, pass uh, that he made in, in the, in the playoffs where he passed up that, you know, clear, you know, dunk or, or uh, layup attempt where worst case scenario, he probably gets fouled. Right. Um, so, you know, all that being said, you know, I just look at this guy and I've seen him watch, or I've watched him play uh, in person a few times. And he's just one of these guys who someone, his size, his, his frame just shouldn't be able to move how he does. And I think that's why, you know, he was, in my opinion, you know, unfairly, uh, but you know, this was, this happened nonetheless, but he was, you know, really compared to LeBron uh, when he came in just because, That, that size and that ability to move that fluidly throughout the court, uh, that court vision, you just don't get that with, with guys at that size. Right. And, and so, Mm -hmm. and that to me is just, there's a lot you can do with that. And that's very, uh, interesting and, and, and tantalizing to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and we can talk about, you know, what the, the, the quote unquote process, uh, you know produced and resulted in, in terms of team building in Philly. And I've had, you know, a lot of issues with that. And, you know, as someone who's kind of a a Simmons apologist, I'm like, it wasn't his (laughs) fault, you know, put some shooting around this guy. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, the, you know, upon, you know, 2020 hindsight, you know, putting a a clear non-shooter uh, and building uh, a core around him with with someone like Embiid, who who just draws defenders into the paint, right? Because that's where he's going to do his work and his damage. You
0: mm-hmm. know,
1: maybe that wasn't the best idea, right? And and uh, and so, you know, all that you know is to say, you know, I think he's it for my money, probably the best perimeter defender uh, on the planet. And and you know, given that that the NBA is just uh, becoming much more of a of a perimeter um, game, I think that's extremely valuable. I think you know he's only 25 years old. I don't see um, his runway you know in terms of his physical abilities uh, you know coming to a close anytime soon and then you know in terms of the offensive side of of his game to be able to to run the floor uh particularly in transition. Um, but to be able to run the floor in transition with his uh ability to uh both dip uh the ball on the hole or to, to pass. I think he's one of the best kind of in terms of kicking out to an open shooter, a corner, corner three point shooter uh that there is. Um, you know, he's just a very tantalizing guy to me. And, you know, all NBA thirteen, you know, just just what a couple of years ago. I mean, that to me means you're one of the best 15 guys in the league. And, and you know, when you put it that way, uh, and there was no no injury, you know, there was no kind of, you know, extended absence or anything like that. And if you were to ask me just taking his name off, I think if you ask most people like, hey, do you want like this guy who was a top 15 NBA player just two years ago, never been injured? And, you know, he wants to come to a California team. should Should we bring him on? I think in a vacuum, most people say yes. Uh, but then mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. explain, "Oh, it's Ben Simmons, the guy who didn't take that layup in the playoffs," and they're like, "Oh no, yeah. like you know he's a steamy pile of trash, you know, flowing down a, a <laughs> flooded street." And so there's just you know, I think in my mind there's um, a little bit of overreaction and uh, a little bit you know too much buying into that narrative that you know he's not clutch and you know he shies away from the moment. And I think, you know, I, I've never spoken to the guy. I can't get into his head. I don't know what's going on there, but clearly, you know, there's funk, right? If he's not, he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to go back to the team. And, you know, I think in my mind, you know, just in life and, and, you know, relationships, you know, of all kinds, when there's funk of that degree, there's usually kind of, you know, multiple players that, that are at fault a little bit and being that it's a player's league and you kind of want to do right by the guys who have the talents and those are the players. Like I'm, I'm inclined to, you know, look to him and try to figure it out. And, you know, that, that was a long rant, but
0: that that's, that's in a nutshell, just kind of what, what I think on on this question. I remember Lonzo Ball's rookie season In one of his first games, he played the Sixers, the Lakers played the Sixers and Lonzo Ball had all this hype as like this big 6'6 point guard. And I just remember there was like a fast break where Ben Simmons was running just at Lonzo Ball. It was one-on-one. And (laughs) at 6'10", he just went completely over him, you know, just like put the ball over his head and just went in for like a a dunk or a layup, I forgot. And I was like, man, that guy is really, really impressive. And, you know, I will say that like, I'm a really practical guy. And of course, like I totally see all these things about Ben Simmons. He's a very, very, very good player. And there is a huge, I mean, at this point, he's, if you want to look at like NBA Twitter, he's vastly underrated at this point because people just think he's a damaged, steaming pile of garbage going down the river. (laughs) (laughs) I guess like my questions are always like, you know, this whole, Narrative that he's he can't shoot, he won't shoot threes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, I don't follow Philly hoops that closely. If I wanted to trade for Ben Simmons, has he ever, as far as you know, even talked about why you know what I mean? Like, I would want answers and reasons as to why he is reluctant to because it is so egregious and so comical that he won't do it and won't even try to improve. Like we know why Draymond won't shoot because Steph is next to him. Right. Mm -hmm. And also because his shooting has tailed off because the, you know, maybe the wear and tear, the injuries, like he doesn't have the same stroke he had when he uh, shot like 38% or whatever it was in 2016. Mm -hmm. So I get that, but like Ben Simmons used to be able to shoot a little bit more. In college. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, like that's a red flag, not just like, Oh, he won't shoot. But like, if there's been any reporting, I haven't heard it, but like if he was coming to to my team, I'd be like, why don't you shoot, man? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, do we, do you need a sports psychologist? Because like you said, there's a lot of junk in terms of him with uh, the uh, Sixers organization, but there's a lot of junk with like all these mental blocks. And if it's because like, Oh, uh, Tobias Harris and Seth Curry are much better shooters. Well, I mean, they weren't there for his whole career, mm-hmm. but you know, those guys aren't necessarily people that you defer to nonstop when you're a franchise player. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big question to me. And then the whole playoff thing versus the Hawks, I mean, throughout the playoffs, but particularly the, that Hawks incident, a lot of us like kind of uh, criticize over the years, like, LeBron James, right? Like, a lot of times he will shoot a jumper rather than go to the basket when time is winding down because he people would say he's afraid to get fouled and have to win it at the free throw line, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, for all intents and purposes, that's got to be the assumption with Ben Simmons, right? Like, he didn't want to go to the free throw line. He would rather pass it off and let somebody else uh, try to go to the free throw line, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would actually want to know a little bit more about that as well maybe i missed it but like did he ever say like you know um maybe i just got too pass happy or i actually thought it was the 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 better play because the talent is there but we've all seen players who have this talent and then kind of drift and i'm not saying he can't come back to realizing his potential but like for me it's like you know you you would want to kick the tires and and see if there are any real issues there beforehand i mean i I don't know if that could happen in the n b a world I don't know how this would work, but uh to me that's the those are like the biggest things and then also, like how has his relationship in this whole fiasco with the sixers and with clutch is that kind of a red flag to anyone I don't know. I don't know, like, because uh, I know agents all hustle and they all play hardball to some extent. It just so happens that Clutch is such a big name brand that everybody knows, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know if that would be be an issue because, hey, uh, Ben Simmons is awesome. To uh, He has his flaws. And, and I guess this is what it always comes down to for me. It's like, this is going to be my question for you. like, What would you give up for that potential and then also the potential for it to kind of blow up in your in your face a little bit if you if he doesn't work out the way you hope if you can't rehabilitate his career or his basketball mind or whatever uh, the way you think and then you're stuck with him it's a plus or minus to have that four-year contract right you're like oh he's, he's he's on contract for a long time but then all of a sudden like if he if he dips further then it's like becomes another kind of albatross. That being said, I totally get all the things like, yeah, I mean, he he would be awesome. A 6'10 defender on the perimeter? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, man, then yeah, then you can go out and sign Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I think those are my concerns and then also what do you give up? So, for you, who would you be willing to give up? for him. And first, let me ask you, do you think the salary matching would, would you prefer it to be Wiggins or Draymond or which one do you see as more legitimate? Man,
1: uh, and this is where it starts to get really, really uh, tricky and, and where mm-hmm. I, where I'm emotionally invested. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Draymond's one of my favorite players all time now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously anybody connected to this dynasty run, uh, I'm, not, I'm never going to say, I mean, you can even, there's some, there's some levels, you know, if, if, if Livingston was still playing and still on this team, I'd be like, Oh man, don't, don't let Livingston go just because we've had so <laughs> many good times. Right. Um, and I will say, you know, it feels very uh, yucky to, to say this, but, you know, I just don't know how Draymond's game is going to age the next few years. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I look at, at Ben Simmons and 25 years old, um, he, the way he moves, I feel like I can, and, and just how he carries his, his body, uh, I could just see him, uh, being really good for, uh, much longer than, than the remainder of this contract. And so, you know, if I'm just being com- completely ruthless and bloodless and, and, you know, cold, then. I, I do think it makes sense because, you know, someone like like Draymond. I don't know how how well he's going to be doing uh, the the way that he plays with the reckless abandon that he does on defense, with that level of intensity that he always brings, which is what we love, right? But it's also right. kind of something that may lead to 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 those tires just kind of showing, you know, the some some wear on the tread um, after a couple years, and so so that's that's the one that you know. I think if, if we were speaking kind of, you know, just in terms of the practicality of, of the timeline and wanting to, to be that, uh, you know, the kind of Spurs redux and having a, a really extend, uh, extended, sustained uh, kind of championship contention uh, conversation, I think you try to do that. Um, realistically, uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, just in terms of team construction from the Philly side, I don't think you want to throw uh, Draymond and Embiid and, and on the same team, frankly, for some of the reasons that you wouldn't want necessarily Simmons and Embiid on the same team, in my opinion. Yeah. And so if we're speaking realistically, uh, I think that they would be much more interested in Wiggs and, and the young mm-hmm. guys. Um, and then I think when I say young guys, I, I think of uh, obviously Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, uh, Poole, uh, and... And within that kind of group of four, um, I, I really don't think anybody's untouchable, and that that feels kind of yucky to say too, because I've been <laughs> become so uh, invested in how much I've looked into all those players, and I really like all those players. But just if we're being ruthless about the window and looking at the age and the injury issues that have all we've already had with Clay specifically with Steph... Uh, with someone like Draymond, um, and you're you're looking to kind of strike the iron while it's hot, while they're they're all still arguably, you know, in in their kind of quote unquote peak kind of years, and 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 those chapters are kind of starting to wind down a little bit uh, potentially. Then you're looking for somebody who can help right away, and and I don't see realistically those players uh, even collectively kind of taking. Uh, that kind of leap to get to, you know, anywhere near, you know, like an All NBA kind of uh, performance level that I think you could still uh, probably extract from someone like Ben Simmons. And so, you know, if that if that's if that's what we're talking about, I would obviously want to keep as many of those, you know, four uh, Youngs uh, as as you could. And I do think that the package that you know had kind of made its way to the new cycle of. Uh, you know, Wiggins, Wiseman, uh, the two draft picks that became uh, Kaminga and Moody plus two future first rounders that that's just ridiculous. I mean, at, at that point, it's like, oh, you sure you don't want Steph to, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, I think there's, there's something in that, you know, maybe, maybe not in that. Beverly Hills price range, uh, but maybe like a couple, a few area codes, you know, adjacent to where it's still pretty Mm -hmm. rich and it's still pretty nice neighborhood, but you're not paying that same Beverly Hills pricing. And I think I'm open to that.
0: So let's start with that, since that was like the absurd offer or rumored offer from Maury to the Warriors. He asked for Wiggins, basically Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody. And a couple picks, like you said. Obviously, you wouldn't do that. Let's start peeling away. <laughs> so obviously Wiggins has to stay there. Would you do it for Wiggins, Wiseman, Kamega, Moody? No picks. Would you do that? Um, I think I would.
1: Yeah. I think I would. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I would prefer to give to give the picks. Uh, mm-hmm. because I think that you know, if for the for the right package let's say something that I would prefer is, you know, a a Wiggins one of Wiseman and Kaminga and Wiseman and Kaminga. I see as front court players that are very high variance, high ceiling players. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And to be honest, I'm not confident that we're going to hit on both those guys, even with the draft stock that they, that they brought in and, you know, the, the kind of tools that they have. So, Mm Keep one of those guys, whoever the coaching staff, and you know now we have a much better development staff, uh, which which is always good, particularly when you have so many kind of raw um, talents on the on the squad. Whoever we feel strongest about, you know, talk them down a little bit, and be like, oh, you know, we'll give you. You know, if you should really want you know X Y Z. Whoever we feel not as good about um, around, I have no idea how they negotiate these things, but that's that's how my kind of simple minded way to do it would be. <laughs> and then, and then I try to maybe split the difference, keep Moody, keep one of the draft picks, um, yeah, or keep Moody, give both the draft picks because I think with with Simmons, if you give me Steph, Clay, Dre, and Ben, I don't think you're going to have. That great at draft picks in the next couple of years with the, with those those picks coming up and so yeah um so it just becomes a question of you know the the black box is how do you value Ben right how do you think he'll 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 plug into the team and and I think if if you see it the way that I see it as him really unlocking uh, a lot on on both ends of the floor then we're not going to have a bad team and those are not going to be good draft picks. So, yeah. so I'm worried less about giving those up. Um, I think we have, even with with Wiseman and Kaminga, who, I, like I said, I see as more high variance kind of guys. Um, you know, I think because of the draft capital, because of the talent that, that they clearly had going into those drafts, I do think that they're uh, like safer bets than not to be uh, you know, plus players, not all-star caliber players, but just positive, uh, long sustained careers of, you know, being positive contributors that you would want on your team. And, and so, you know, I think that's, that's where the real kind of the heart of, uh, of the trade would come in my mind is, you know, someone like Bory is going to have, you know, whether it's, you know, those guys from the Warriors or, analogous talent from, from other teams that they're, that they're going to be talking to. Like, I think that's where, um, where, where the, the sausage is going to get made is, you know, looking at that class of, of players. Cause I don't know, I don't know that they're going to get, um, you know, another, you know, superstar, uh, in return necessarily, um, someone like Wiggins, I wouldn't consider, uh, him to be is a superstar as much as, you know, I really value, um, what two way Wigs has brought to this team <laughs> the last last couple of years? Um, totally. Realistically, do I consider him a superstar? No, I think you know he's a he's a solid uh, contributor who's you know getting paid too much and is performing a lot better with the Warriors, in my opinion, than he has in earlier stages of of his career. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't see him as a superstar. And I think if anything, um, one last kind of tangential point like seeing how Wiggins has performed here makes Mm -hmm. me feel better about how Simmons would perform here. Uh, Cause -hmm. Wiggins was another one of those guys that, you know, was kind of, uh, you know, cast off and, and, you know, even back, back when like, you know, there's reports that LeBron was basically like, Oh, this guy's trash. Like, you know, send him off so I can get a real squad here. Um, And, and, you know, you've got, You've got someone who, you know, was was you know his his intensity was always kind of questioned and his, uh, you know, fire in the belly or you know whatever kind of you know mental aspect of the game uh, you want to point to that you know he seemed to be lacking, and yet he's he's been able to make some go- good contributions here. I don't I don't think he's worth that contract, but but he's he's been a plus player at both ends, and so you know I could definitely see how how Philly would want him because I think he can contribute well, uh, at both ends for them. Uh, he doesn't clog up the middle in the same way that, that, that Ben and, and Embiid would together, uh, in Philly. So I, I could see that, that fit, uh, working and why it's a basis for, for a trade, but it's also one of those things that just makes me feel better about, you know, the environment that, that Ben Simmons would be coming into in terms of, you know, having Steph and and Clay and Dre is, leaders on the team um, who, you know, I think Wiggins in, in some ways is 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 a test case for like what happens to someone who's been kind of, you know, questioned on the mental slash emotional side of the game before, yeah. and can they thrive in this environment?
0: Yeah, I will say about that, like with Wiggins, it seems like kind of a a general, like his constitution is kind of, that's just who he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas like with Ben Simmons, it feels like he wants to be, this guy, but he won't do these things. And that's what's weird and a little bit different to me, you know, like he wants to be the all NBA guy. He wants to be the star. He wants to be from what I've heard, and what I've read, like a, you know, celebrity or whatever. And he likes being famous, but then he won't do like these little things, which are actually big things. So I totally get that. And I think, Hey, a, a fresh change of scenery in the Warriors organization would probably do him really, really well. But to me, it's, there's, there's a slight difference. It's not just like, Oh, you know, like uh, we, we fix Wiggins. We can, we can fix Simmons, but maybe, maybe you never know. I got a question for you. I, I have some thoughts on that, but like I got a question for you because I'm trying to figure out if it were Draymond and maybe you don't have the answer either. Cause I, I ask everybody cause I don't know with clutch being Ben Simmons' uh, agency and Rich Paul having issues with the Sixers and Maury, do you see any scenario where they send longtime loyal clutch agent Draymond Green to Philly? I mean, Draymond would have to want to go and Steph would have to be okay with like Draymond leaving, right? But that's another layer to me where I just find it really like, ah, I, I don't see that as as really that plausible um Draymond would have to do something really crazy like 100 times worse than like something silly like his bleach report interview with with KD to make it worth like getting rid of him so that they can't run it back with like their core intact in theory this season. I just want to know if you had any thoughts on that beyond the fact like it wouldn't be a good fit for the Sixers really.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't have very much on that. I feel like, you know, when when i was approaching the draymond scenario it was more just kind of you know looking at you know his uh you know just kind of hypothetical longevity and you know kind of where where his game is you know today versus a mm-hmm. few years from now i'm not as smart with all like the the backroom kind of uh agent kind of <laughs> stuff generally yeah, i don't i just don't follow that that stuff as closely uh, in the same way that i you know like to follow the the on the court stuff, but my sense yeah. is you know i think i think uh draymond's obviously like a uh just a character right and and a personality and a force uh in in any locker room and you know he's clearly you know obviously a key part of you know the 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 big three right the the big three that mm-hmm. won. Uh, you know, that this this first championship here uh, in a long time. And and, you know, because of the emotions, because of the identity uh, that he brings, the 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 on court kind of intensity, but also just, you know, he's one of the guys, you know. So so I think, you know, that question that you brought up of, you know, staff buying in, you know, I think realistically, there's no way he gets flipped. I think, you know, yeah, maybe a few years from now if he's, you know, if he's limping on 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 one good ankle and you know and he you know he he gets, you know, he he gets pissed at, you know, one of like the the Lake of Sons or whatever like you know, maybe. But, you know, I I think I think his his um you know, his kind of, you know, just good standing with the organization and the Bay area generally is, you know, is really far from, from wearing thin and, you know, and the fit's not there probably if you ask me on, on the Philly side. Um, So I realistically, I don't think it's the thing, but you know, just me being completely like ruthless and just kind of, you know, looking at like the potential fits and, and and trade chips. I'm like, Oh man, that would be, if you'd be real, Evil and conniving in terms of your team building—that's like that's the move I think.
0: I've said this previously. Like obviously, Draymond, sixteen-game player, he talks about that, and Ben Simmons uh, proved that he's not. And the hope and the goal would be that he he could. So if you flip that, then you're and as <laughs> you're getting rid of what everybody's called the soul of the team, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a tough one. So when people say like they can't play together, I think that's I think that's foolish to just throw that out there. I think they actually could play together, of course. And Steve Kerr and his staff could figure out a way.
1: To that point, and and that was one of those things because I know that we saw in our our group thread this morning uh, somebody shared the the link to the Joe Lacob interview where he basically says, Hey, you know, he really won't fit with with Draymond. Oh, plus plus he's too expensive. So I think, <laughs> which was the part of the the statement that, that, that had more credence with with me was not that I think that Simmons is too expensive, but I do believe that Joe Lacob might think he's too expensive. And so, uh, but it was interesting that he brought that up, right? The clash with, yeah. with Draymond specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Because I do think like, man, if you get, you've got basically two of the what, top three, top four defenders literally on the planet uh, on the same Mm -hmm. team. And then, you know, both very good and willing passers, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm less worried about, you know, because you hear a lot about, oh, well, you know, then you've got two non-shooters on the floor. And my retort to that is like, yeah, but you've got them on the same floor with literally the two best shooters of all time, for my money, in Mm -hmm. in Steph and Clay, right? So... You know, I think it's, it's one of those things where I think the offense, the, the, the gravity that, that Steph still has um, and, you know, Lord willing that clay still has, you know, we'll see what his game looks like when he's back, but uh, you know, the gravity that those guys have just to the attention that they, um, that, that they bring to them on the floor, I think is just going to create so much space for someone like Ben to, to just wreak havoc on, on people. And then mm-hmm. between, you know, even if you keep, and I think, I do think you would probably want to rotate someone like Ben and Dre a little bit so they're not on the floor like constantly all the time at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, but even if they are, you know, if you've got Draymond and his like point, point forward, point center kind of role at the top of the key, um, you know, distributing the ball that way. And then you just have Ben setting screens and running to the hoop towards the the lower part of the floor, I think that that works really well, particularly if, if, uh, if you've got Steph and Clay out, out there at the same time, getting so much attention.
0: And so just off the top of my head, I actually yeah. hadn't really thought about this too much, but it's like, look at a good dollar in the death lineup. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. He's, I mean, obviously he's a more willing shooter, but you could see that in the Toronto series, when it was boxing one on Steph that, no one worried about Iguodala, you know what I mean? In that respect. So like if you kind of count him as like a kind of non-shooter, then – and you put Ben Simmons in there instead, I would hope that you would get Ben Simmons to be a little bit more willing around the basket and figure out how to get him to shoot, you know, more. You know, Mm -hmm. not like because – not just pass because he doesn't want to shoot, pass because there's a better option right like that's obviously what you want and that's what i feel like ugodala does but uh that that fear of shooting getting fouled that's the impression that still exists that's why i think like if if he played with draymond if they were on the same team they could make it work somehow you know throw them in with steph clay you could throw a pool in there, right? Because yeah. then you have these two great defenders. Hopefully Clay is still a solid defender. And then you just have a bunch you have three shooters, right? Yeah. And and I think that's that's not bad. And then you have Simmons who hopefully again will at least cut and you know, shoot and take layups and dump the ball and stuff <laughs> like that. So I I think that could work. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. For me, like I was talking to my friend Aram a couple episodes ago, and he got me to admit that I would give up Wiggins and Wiseman for uh Simmons, which especially after hearing that Wiseman, as much as I love Wiseman, I believe in him and his talent. Like now hearing that he's not even going to be ready until like a couple days before opening night of the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll definitely trade him for that. I would much rather keep Kaminga. Um I don't know how if you have an opinion about either he or Wiseman if you had to pick one of the two, but largely because he's a shiny new object. And Just the fact that he has a blank slate, plays a more premier position that's hard to fill wing. Mm -hmm. He can play more positions. He'll have the ball in his hands more. And he has, knock on wood, 100% no injury history at all, Mm -hmm. even though Wiseman's were kind of freakish and meniscus tears aren't uh, career threatening. Just like all those things across the board, I'd rather keep Kaminga. I would give up Wiggins, Wiseman some picks. I would. Give up Moody potentially too. I just don't want to give up the house for any of these guys. Like, that's always what it's been for me when people were talking uh, about for Beal, for Simmons, for even Pascal Siaka, man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, like, and you know, for for a lot of the Warriors fans that uh, I've talked to, it's like you know the value of Ben Simmons, but like like I've never been a proponent of clearing out the house, so I don't think I would give up everything that you would be willing to give up. So subtract a couple players, picks, whatever, and then I'm open. I'm open to that because um, he would be a plus, but it's just a question of how much minus you give away <laughs> yeah with uh with with everyone else. If if we can get away with getting Simmons and keeping Kaminga, I would be I would be pretty satisfied. You know what I mean? And yeah. and keeping one of Pool or Moody, just to have that young wing shooter or something like that.
1: What's tough about it is we haven't been prior to, to last year, we haven't been picking high in the draft, right? So, and then, you know, arguably, you know, the 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 way that we've, you know, picked in, you know, like, let's just say like the dynasty era, uh, you know, drafts have been very underwhelming and, you know, some of the player development, uh, which, you know, thankfully I think is being addressed now, but has just left a lot to be desired in terms of, you know, guys who, you know, we've let, you know, walk through our gym and then go on to develop and contribute in other places. So, you know, I think it finally feels like, all right, we've got some good young players. Right. And, and even someone like, like Jordan Poole, who I'll be the first to admit, you know, I kinda, you know, just wrote him off a little bit because the early days looked so bad in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, Name he here. turned it around to the point where I'm so pleasantly surprised and really excited to see how his game hopefully continues to develop that, you know, I think we have a player there, uh, and it's been a long time since, since I felt that about one of our young players. And so now I think, you know, if you ask me, you know, with that collection of four, uh, with Wiseman, Kaminga, Pool, and Moody, I see four guys who can really turn into, uh, at least solid contributors, you know, if not, uh-huh. you know, with, with a couple of these guys, I think they do have the potential to sniff at uh, all-star game lineups. And so, you mm-hmm. know, we've, we, we haven't really had that, you know, in a while uh, really, really since the guys who, who, since our big three who who started the, the, the dynasty. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it feels, it feels scary to, to say, all right, we're finally, you know, getting, uh, these exciting young pieces that you know every you know fan who who follows the game closely and and you know cares about their team uh, would get excited about. And then we're saying, all right, but we got to get rid of them to get this other guy in here. And that other guy, you know, has a lot of questions, like you've been do, done a good job of, of pointing out. But that to me, it just speaks to you know what I see in 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 Ben. And like I said, when 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 you say, hey. Top 15 player, are you interested? I would say, all right. I the, there's very few guys who I'd give up the farm for it. And like I said, I still wouldn't want to give up uh all those pieces, right? I'd much rather give up uh future picks. You know, to your question of Wiseman versus Kaminga, I think just in terms of uh roster fit, I would probably want to keep Kaminga as well. Uh just because I do think that Wiseman, in in my opinion, I'm I'm super excited about his game, but his his game at his, at its peak, um, I think, is still like a little bit towards it's shaded a little bit towards yesterday's big man style of play uh, rather than today and tomorrow's. Um, right. And so, you know, for that reason alone, like I'd probably give the edge to uh, Kaminga. Like you said, just you know, the you can never have too many wings, right? And So, uh, if yeah. you have one who's going to be able to uh, be a plus player. Um, I mean, I would let, I would trust whatever the development staff is seeing in terms of, you know, who's got, um, you know, a, a more reliable pathway to, uh, to a ceiling play, and just let the better mm-hmm. uh, players stay. That's that's what I would, you know, personally want to do. But, but if we're equally unsure about both prospects, who I think are still pretty raw, like I would probably want to keep coming up because of that position. Um, value and and just you know the the way that 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 Kaminga fits into today's NBA I think is is a little bit um, smoother in my opinion than not not that Wiseman is you know this this old you know lumbering uh, you know ogre out there he's
0: Big Vic Alexander you're saying
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know he's not the same as he's not he's not the same as like a Jokic right who I think in my mind is like yeah. the prototype for like the modern kind of game center, right? The the AD, yeah. the, the Jokic, and and he's going to have to play against yeah. those guys.
0: I think it's fair to say that we agree up to a certain point, right? I feel like we agree in terms of like Wiggins, Wiseman, and like, you know, maybe Poole or Moody or some picks somewhere in there. But then if he's throwing Kaminga, like, you you know, like I think that's that's the line for me. Yeah. You know? Like I've said that my untouchables are Steph Clay. My friend Aaron pointed out that no one would really want Clay's contract anyway, <laughs> um, which is true. So Steph Clay, uh, Wiseman and Kaminga. That's who I've said are my untouchables. I'd be willing to, to give up Trey. You know, as much as I love him as a player and and you know I have such a connection to him as well. But even more so, like I think. Now it's it's probably I'm seeing more. It's just uh, Steph, Clay, Kaminga, are my untouchables to an extent. I wouldn't give up as many dudes. I think there's there's like a kind of a happy medium where uh, we intersect. But I think I I I don't go all the way, you know, off the cliff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't go thumb on Louise. I'm like, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the car. I don't know if I'm Thelma or Louise, but I'm sitting next to Ben Simmons and just just drive straight off that cliff. <laughs> let's let's go to the promised land. <laughs> I hop out of the convertible at the last second. Um, <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where, you know, in a sport like basketball, when you've got five five slots to fill, mm-hmm. that that marginal imp- improvement in my mind for for one of those key guys. I think makes up for um, for a lot of the kind of, you know, depth and, and more uncertain future that you have with the, with the rooks and the incoming rooks. Yeah. And so that, that's what makes me do it, you know, in the, in the baseball kind of world, there's, there's this, you know, saying, you know, with, um, like a lot of the advanced metrics, money ball, you know, guys back in the day, uh, Mm -hmm. baseball prospectus kind of uh, school of thought, um, there's a saying, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. And, you know, I think it's supposed to be shorthand for like, you know, pitching prospects, even like the best ones, like there's so high variance, like some of them don't turn turning it into anything. Some of them get hurt. And th- like, you can't really like bank on those guys kind of hitting their ceilings, but you know, like an all-star uh, contributor uh, today, that's you know mm-hmm. much more predictable and reliable. So that's, That's kind of, you know, as much as I love the young guys, you tell me like, all right, for kind of uncertain ceiling, really kind of, you know, high variance probability that they'll succeed guys versus someone who I still consider, you know, top 15, top 20 player. Like that's an easy mm-hmm. decision to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally get that. It's, it's nice to know where the that line is drawn. Let me let me ask you just two quick questions, and you know, uh, you don't need to go too in depth, but like, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. would you rather have Simmons or Beal? I'll go Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in yeah. terms of the the roster fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I would I would do something. You know, approaching that for Beal too. I think Beal is a very special player, and I just don't know how you guard, um, you know, Steph, Clay, and Beal at the same time. That is just, man, that's a that is a tough, tough task for anybody.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think in terms of, you know, how the Warriors play, and you know, the 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 coaching philosophy of Steve Kerr, and you know, wanting to play both both sides of the ball, really tough. Um, I think Ben uh, fits uh, much more nicely into that, that kind of profile.
0: Yeah. Is there um, anyone else that you, the names that have been tossed around as, as uh, in trades, like, cause I'm not even, a, <laughs> I'm not even going to waste my time to ask you if you'd rather have Simmons or Siakam or um, <laughs> Simmons or Lillard, you know what I mean? Because I think it's pretty clear that like, you take Simmons over either of those guys for, for several of the reasons that you mentioned. Oh man. I mean,
1: Siakam is not in the same category for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lillard, man, I mean, <laughs> geez, Lillard is, you know, he's, he's, he's a, uh, he's an all-time player in, in my book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, and he, he, he's still at a stage where you're, again like the uh like our big three you're still you still got a a a pretty decent amount of window there um for Mm -hmm. for him to you know kind of extend the timeline for us a little bit so I think that's a much tougher conversation I don't know how do you see it how do you see it with with Lillard and and Siakam
0: Yeah, I'm not a Siakam fan. Yeah, I would rather have Wiseman Kaminga than than Siakam. It's it's not even a question. I would take Simmons over Siakam if it was the same package. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, because also, I will say this one thing about Simmons, right quick. Like when the 2020 draft was coming around, and I was like, "Oh, what if the Warriors do take Lamelo?" It was largely because I was envisioning a future. This is pre Achilles injury Clay a future where they get clay and Steph off ball in like their later years. Mm-hmm. And then just have this guy throwing them like these crazy passes orchestrating the offense and making it really difficult. And so I could see that with Simmons, you know, to mm-hmm. some extent, different player, of course, than LaMelo, but like still that willing passer and distributor. That being said, I, I just think Siakam's game is much more limited. And in terms of Lillard, I just, I love Dame Lillard, of course, just as much as any uh, basketball fan, any Bay Area dude, any Warriors fan, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it being like a great fit. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to give up everything for, um, you know, for for Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's funny, right? Because I'm, because I think it would take more to get Lillard than it would to get Simmons. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying Simmons is a better player than Lillard, but like. I would rather have Simmons for less than Lillard for everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I understand That's that. Kind of, like, I understand yeah. that. I mean, I mean Lillard. I mean, for I, I don't know that this is controversial, but Lillard is clearly better than Beal in my mind, and, oh, yeah. um, and he's just been doing it at that level for longer. A mm-hmm. um, little bit older couple years older, I think than, than Beal, but um, he doesn't seem like he's slowing down or losing a step. And I think in, you know, just modern athletics, generally, I think guys are going to be able to go into their, you know, mid late thirties without, you know, as long as they don't have serious injuries and and have, Mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, similar, similar games that they did in their late twenties. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think, It just, you know, in terms of the fit and it's, you know, what, what's the difference between, between a one and a two and a couple inches here or there. But I do think, you know, once, if assuming you still have stuff on the floor, which I think obviously we would assume, um, I do think there's a difference between
0: Lillard's fit and someone like Beal's fit a little bit. Um, yeah, Uh, I'll be honest. I actually don't want Beal either. Hmm. You know, again, it, it depends on the package um, and I wouldn't want to give up everything for, for, for Beal, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think it would take more to get Beale than it would to get Simmons. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> man, we're going to some real hypotheticals. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think, I think clearly you know, like you, like you said before, Simmons' stock is like way low. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a penny stock right now. In, in mm-hmm. Beale and, and Beal and Lillard or you know, they're, they're like Apple and Google kind of level, level stocks. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the package uh, would be, would have to be different. Um, but, but yeah, I think even, you know, absent, absent that, I just think, in terms of the fit, in terms of, you know, not needing to squint to see how you're going to figure it out. Um, I think just, you know, someone like Simmons just plugs in right away. Um, He's essentially taking uh, a lot of loony minutes, right? If you still had, you know, someone like, like Wiseman, I think you have to worry more about, you know, him and him and Wiseman on the floor at the same time, as opposed to him and Draymond. Um, So I think it's just, it's, the, the fit is there. Um, whereas, you know, I think with either Lillard, uh, Lillard, I just don't think is going to happen, but, but realistically, um, I think Beal is slightly more realistic than, than Lillard. And to make that work, I think you, you're basically overhauling the, the kind of two way nature of, of the team a little bit. And you're making it Mm just, we're, you know, run and gun you know emphasis on gun and just shooting uh, from I mean it's all, like run TMC right yeah yeah and just that's that's the game and we're going to outscore you you know 130 to 120 um, whereas free
0: pizza for everyone yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> whereas you know with Simmons you can keep the the defensive focus and you could yeah. you can you can stay uh, with the objective of trying to be basically top
0: five, top ten at both ends of the floor. So yeah, I mean, before last season, right? Like, it's to me, it's pretty clear you take Simmons over Beal, right? Yeah, I mean, to, in my mind, it's
1: still that way. Um, but yeah. but you know, the last thing you see kind of sticks with you, and so it's totally mm-hmm. understandable that you know if the last thing we saw was you know, you know, Beal kind of losing valiantly and you know carrying his team being the guy 30 plus points every night. And then, you know, Simmons basically doing a, a choke job pass when he should have dipped it. Um, yeah. that's, that's going to leave
0: it a lasting mark. I'm going to ask you one last question. And I just, I actually just want a one word answer, but I'll probably ask a follow-up. Um, <laughs> where do you think Simmons is going to end up? I have no idea to be honest. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think it's going to be with the Warriors um no i think it's it's not like i, I would put it like five ten percent chance probability like very low probability um yeah of happening. i think
0: lake have sealed the deal on that i mean that could have all just been
1: kind of smoke and mirrors too smoke yeah maybe, maybe um but yeah i do think he's he seems like kind of a straight straight talker right so i don't know if, mm-hmm. if he's you know got the the kind of smoke screen, dark arts down just yet, but, but yeah, I don't see it happening. Um, I do think that just based on the price that, that they were talking, that Maury was, was, was talking apparently, like, I I don't know that, that we get there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I just don't know enough about, I mean, they were, they kept saying that he wants to go to a California team. Um, And I just don't know, like maybe the clips, maybe, um sacks got a lot of a lot of young talent but then what do you have around him that makes you want to you know ship everybody else out right so yeah yeah yeah, i just don't i don't
0: see i don't see the fit it's honestly a tough call it's a crapshoot no one knows especially with like what gerson rosas getting fired from minnesota minnesota was like the team last month or so that was very active in wanting saying that they wanted him. Whereas every other team was like, we don't want him," you know? So (laughs) it's hard to say it could be a team because before he was like, give me, give me California. And now he's saying I'll go anywhere besides Philly. Is that what they're, is that what it is? So it might be a surprise team that comes up out of nowhere that it's like, Hey, here's our, our best bad offer, you know, and will that will somebody else step up and give a better bad offer. Ultimately, the Sixers might get something decent out of it. But but uh who knows?
1: I think the stuff that that's really juicy that, that you were pointing out is a lot of the mental and kind of emotional, psychological stuff. And it's a big black yeah. box, obviously. I think there's there's just he seems just kind of like, you know, I don't know if it's you want to call it like odd or just kind of unorth- unorthodox kind of path, you know, everything mm-hmm. from being Australian, right. To going to LSU, like how how the heck did that happen to then number one draft pick? We haven't even mentioned the word Kardashian on this podcast. Uh, no, he's with <laughs> clutch, right? <We> never
0: will. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> First and only time. Um, but you know, uh, the fame thing that, that, that you mentioned, it just seems like a complicated dude. And, you know, I think in, in my mind, one of the answers to, to your questions about, you know, why hasn't he like just stepped up on the shooting and worked on it? um, I think, you know, not, not to get too, you know, deep into a psychological profile, but it just seems like one of these guys who's, you know, obviously been, you know, the most talented guy since he was a young kid. And I mean, he was probably what the best basketball player in australia when he was like 12 years old or something right so it's just mm-hmm. you, it's just an abnormal kind of life path and it's probably created a reality where uh you know he's being he's used to being deferred to where you know he's used to being the most the best the most promising the most famous the most uh you know high ceiling unquestionable you know talent type of person and so he probably just doesn't have that many people in his life who can be like yo you need to you know, maybe try shooting with the other hand, right. Or maybe, you know, practice your jump shot as opposed to, you know, taking these, you know, social media shoots with, um, with your friends. And, you know, I think, I think I'm hoping as someone who clearly is a, is a, is a Simmons fan, I'm I'm hoping that this whole experience, particularly with the, the playoffs fallout with like, you know, having Shaq say he would punch him out if he was on his team and, you know, <laughs> basically having these like nba legends just dog them um i'm hoping that it's a wake-up call for them, you know i'm hoping that it gets him in the gym and it gets them focused um frankly the way that this offseason is playing out with you know a lot of like back and forth in terms of I'm, go- I'm not going back and we don't want you and this and that that doesn't give me high hopes that that's actually happening maybe it is you know you know focusing him sometimes people use adversity in that way to focus their energy into making themselves better I hope that's what he's doing with his time but um, but I do think uh, that there's a at least a shot to something like that happening to having it be that wake-up call to having it be uh, a humbling experience for him um, to maybe see, you know some of the you know if if someone in a situation sees the feedback that people got on the Maori request right on the Maury, uh demand and you know basically you know have the internet like laugh Maori out of the room <laughs> with that request you know someone like Ben maybe you know in his mind you know he immaturely just kind of dismisses it as like oh these guys are just haters um you would hope that he takes that and uses that as motivation to say you know what i'm worth even more than that i'm going to show you guys um and i think something uh something like that you know maybe this is me just kind of like you know making too many kind of psychological leaps but i don't know maybe maybe draymond's that guy to to chew him out and to be like dude get your get your reps in and figure out this shooting thing maybe you know you know, he, he, that would be kind of rich coming from, from Draymond since his, his shot's so uh, lackluster, but you know, I think it's maybe someone like that in his life could really focus them. And I do think that um, the, the, the Draymond has that type of, you know, energy to compel and demand, you know, performance and kind of focus and maybe that could be good for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah like who knows i mean it's, it's it's uh we could go like deep into the weeds off of just like you know uh <laughs> pop psychology and and digging in and, and hoping but like i honestly don't know enough about him because i haven't followed him that closely as a person off the court um it's or, or any stuff like that and um uh if he ever somehow ends up on the warriors obviously i will tune in but like it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm. I still have some Ben Simmons trade fatigue, <laughs> trade <laughs> chatter fatigue, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's been. Uh, it's been. It's been good uh, uh, getting a a perspective from a Simmons, uh, a big Ben Simmons apologist, Stan. However you want to call yourself. <laughs> I think you used both those words. <laughs> All right. Well, that is another episode. On the ben simmons podcast just kidding um (laughs) another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to uh, tune in wherever you get your podcasts feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick pino epiano or at oakland warriors check out jose at get ropa g-e-t-r-o-p-p-a.com the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society check us out at oakland warriors.com and We are part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.